Are you a 3PL spending more time and money than you'd like recruiting and onboarding logistics roles? Then it's time to check out Rapido Solutions Group, the leaders in nearshore logistics staffing. Located right next door in Mexico, they have access to the freight talent you need. From carrier sales to tracking and tracing and everything in between, they can do the heavy lifting for you. So if you're ready to get your time back and want to move fast, check out Rapido Solutions Group. Visit GoRapido.com to get started today. Hello and welcome to the Bootstrapper's Guide to Logistics, the FreightWaves podcast highlighting founders doing it the way that doesn't get a lot of attention. We're here to change that and grow the small business community in our industry by sharing their stories and inspiring others to take the leap. I'm your host, Nate Schutz. Let's build something together from the ground up. Hello, everybody, and welcome back to the Bootstrapper's Guide to Logistics, where we have founders come on and share their stories share their words of wisdom. Hopefully, if you're listening still, you find it encouraging or inspiring. Hopefully, some education goes into it as well. It has been a wonderful season for the Bootstrapper's Guide to Logistics to keep growing this founder network and keep having people reaching out saying, hey, thank you so much for the episode last week. It really spoke to me right where I was at as a founder. I was feeling really down and out, and I I needed that moment of encouragement from somebody who's been there before or others who have said, an answer to a specific problem was talked about on the podcast. It saved them some time or pain knowing that somebody else had already asked and answered that same question. So thank you to every single founder who continues to listen. If you're an aspiring founder, I hope you find the courage and the conviction to take that leap after you've heard now almost 40 founders share their story of taking the leap themselves. This week, I have the privilege of introducing Joe Spizak, who is the founder of Overflow. Joe, good morning and welcome. How are you today? Good morning, Nate. I'm doing great. Thanks for having me, man. Absolutely. This has been a long time in the works as well. We've been kind of Twitter friends for a while. We bounce back and forth with a couple of messages now and then. You put out some amazing content and I'm glad to get to share your story for a whole bunch of reasons. I don't want to put you on the spot about your age, but I will. You're 30 years old and you've accomplished some amazing things. And that gives me tons of encouragement seeing somebody wise beyond their years already and having huge success. I find you very inspiring online. You should know that. I appreciate it, man. Yeah, we've been talking about this for a long time. So I'm really excited to be on. I've been at it head down grinding since I've been 23 and graduated college. That's when I first started my entrepreneurial journey. And then I I just haven't looked back and it's been a, it's been a bumpy road, but I tell you what, it's been a fun ride too. Well, I know this isn't your first overflow, isn't your first company, but why don't we start there? And just tell us, what does Overflow do? Yeah, absolutely. So Overflow is a logistics-specific marketing agency. So I told you I used to own my own 3PL back when I lived in Pennsylvania. I ended up selling that. And I felt like while I was there, I really cracked the code on how to profitably fill up a warehouse. That's why I started Overflow, to help other bootstrap founders, other boutique-level 3PLs be able to fill their warehouses with their ideal customer profiles. How do you go about filling up a warehouse profitably? There's lots of different ways. Where we really excel is in the Google Ads front. So we've run over $10 million in logistics-specific ad spend for 3PLs. So we have the benefit of you know being able to have a high-level amount of data like the ShipBobs or the ShipMonks of the world who have these couple hundred thousand dollars a month Google ad spend. We're able to subdivide 
smaller Google ads accounts. So these 3PL boutique level 3PLs, we're able to put their Google ads sub accounts under our Google ads umbrella and give them the benefit of being able to have $10 million plus of logistics specific ad spend uh, for their account to automatically be able to benefit from. What did you go to school for, Joe? Uh, So I have my master's degree from Virginia in education, but I more so went to school to wrestle. So I was a I was a D1 wrestler at Virginia. I've been wrestling since I was a little guy, four or five years old. And I always thought I was going to end up being a college wrestling coach. Then I ended up getting my first job out of college. Uh, I worked for AT&T for uh, five years. And while I was working there for five years, that's when I started my entrepreneurial journey, my first side hustle in e-commerce started a board game company. That's what <laughs> that's what led into my logistics background. So much to unpack there, but I want to go right to the board game. You're the first founder in logistics that I've ever talked to that also has a board game. What is it? Yeah. So we actually have two board game companies and I know we're only on audio here, but I'll still show you as well. So my first game was called Dicey. It is a party game. <laughs> it is a uh, Basically, it has like a Dungeons and Dragons-esque die. So like a 12-sided die with four different colors on it. Green is a group play. Orange is a face-off. So it's a head-on-head, one-on-one challenge. Yellow is a rules card. And then purple is a wild card. And what we call it is, it's like the Mario Party of drinking games, basically. It's all mini games. (laughs) And and again, let me repeat, this is my first e-commerce project when I was 23 years old. You only do a couple things well at that point. And mine was drinking. I was doing a lot of partying at that time and I wanted to make my partying experience better. So that's the problem I set out to solve at the time. You do a dice game and then you moved on to a card game. Yeah. So the dice game, we surprisingly ended up doing really well. Like we got featured on what I call like a JV shark tank. We were on something called the Barstool Sports Big Brain Competition. So we got to present to a couple big dogs there and we ended up blowing up and like selling, you know, up to like a couple thousand orders a month. The success with Dicey ended up pushing us into founding our next game, which is called OK Boomer. And this, we kind of took all the lessons that we learned from creating Dicey and made a project that I'm, I'm actually really proud of. And OK Boomer is a, a family trivia game. There's actually a pretty cool story behind us founding that as well. So I come from a big family and we love playing tabletop board games. And it was a couple Christmases ago, and I was playing with my grandparents and my mom and dad and my three sisters, and we were playing Trivial Pursuit. My little sisters and I were getting absolutely crushed by my grandparents and my parents. And I was kept saying to them, you know, in typical whiny millennial fashion, well, you know what? We would be whooping up on you guys if we actually had cards that were related to our generation. So after, you know, I got crushed that night, I went on to Amazon and I looked for a trivia game that was inclusive of all generations and I couldn't find anything. And, you know, like my dad says, like every great business has started to solve a problem that exists in the industry. And I felt like this was a problem that I had niche experience that I could create a board game to solve and that there was nothing on the shelves that could kind of quench that problem in the industry. So it took me probably like two years to create Dicey and I taught myself how to do everything. I came out with OK Boomer in under six months, great product. And uh, fast forward to kind of recent time, and we did like a little under $2 million in sales last year on automation. So my wife is our chief of staff. She runs that whole company. She runs our board game companies, pretty much have that down to just money making now, which is great. I am shocked I didn't make this connection earlier, but I actually played OK Boomer at Christmas last year with my wife's four, I think it's four generations. And it was a riot. 
it solves that problem. We had, you know, nine year olds and 89 year olds on the same team and everybody got to play. I, I distinctly remember my team did not win. How cool of a life experience to have just in general. But what stands out to me on both Dicey and OK Boomer is it's about relationships and fun with people that you love and that you really, really care about. So where does that vibe come from for you? That's a big theme of really all of my businesses. You know, even fast forwarding into the games and starting my next company, Ship Daddy. You know, I started it with my two best friends since fifth grade. You know, I think like loyalty and relationship building and having fun and enjoying the ride. That's all a big part of what I'm trying to do. I feel like when you work as many hours as I do grinding, you have to remember to, you know, take a breath and smell the roses and remember why you're doing this for. And for me, it is, it's about family as well. And I do a lot of what I do because of my family. And I'm trying to make sure my parents don't have to worry about a thing for the rest of their life. You know, they're going to be taken care of. Not that they need me to take care of them, but it's always something in the back of my head, being able to take care of them, being able to make sure my sisters and their kids don't have to worry about a thing and they can live the lives that they want to live. So where does that sense of values come from though? I mean, you're, you're a young guy to be thinking about legacy level impact and yet it comes through very loud and clear that you do think at that level. Yeah, no, I appreciate you saying that. I think to me, so I told you I've been wrestling since since I've been four or five years old. That journey has always been with me and my dad. He's my best friend. He's my hero. He's a guy I always come to, you know, whenever I need someone to talk to. You know, I had a, a childhood growing up. I was a wild boy. You know, I was all over the place. But uh, my dad, we, we kind of used wrestling to guide me on the right path. It's something that I've always looked back on in my journey growing up. And my dad really helped me outkick my coverage, right? was able to use wrestling as a way to, I'm a smart guy, but uh, I used wrestling to outkick my coverage in the sense to, it brought me to University of Virginia, which I never would have gotten into if I wasn't an athlete, but I ended up going there and I, I felt like it introduced me to the right people and set me onto the right path to show me that, hey, you are smart and you could keep going. I guess to kind of like close this loop, I just have always felt like I really owe my dad and my mom something for all of the time and all of the energy that they've poured into my sisters and I. Like they both came from nothing. And the lives that they afforded my sisters and I growing up, I just look back on that and think about the kind of unconditional love that they've given to us. And I, I've always thought, why wouldn't I do everything in my power to make sure I could try and return that back to them? I can just hear the your heartbeat in all of this. this you're a big hearted guy. And I can tell that you wear your emotions on your sleeve. Are there any lessons kind of from your, your wrestling career that you've found have served you well in not just logistics and entrepreneurship, but just even life? Absolutely. So <laughs> wrestling is, it's full of life lessons. And I think that's like a big backbone of my success in the entrepreneurial world. My dad and I always have this thing where he would always say to me, hard work always overcomes adversity. And I think I, you know, whenever I'm going through lots of adversity in the entrepreneurial world, I just always come back to, if I'm the hardest person working in the room, I'll be able to find a way through. There's been a lot of, uh, a lot of that in my, my journey so far. I just put my head down, keep grinding, and things have somehow worked out for the best. Well, speaking of lessons, then I want to put you on the spot a little bit. You put a post out on Twitter a couple of days ago that I found to be really high quality. I would like to just kind of talk through different parts of it, if you're okay with that. Again, I, I have Twitter pulled up on my browser right now, so I can see all of it. 
hoping maybe you can do the same thing and, and we can talk through a little bit of it. I'm just going to rattle off a few of the key points that you made because I think it's super relevant to anybody who's listening and wants to be a logistics entrepreneur or already is and is starting to face some challenges. So you sold your first company at age 28 and it says, you know, here are the seven lessons I wish I knew from the start. And the first one, quality over quantity. 90% of my problems came from the smallest 10% of my clients. What do you have to say about that? We'll be right back. Have you heard about Bitfreighter and the EDI revolution? Bitfreighter helps companies automate communication with their freight partners through unlimited messaging and quoting. Traditional providers can't say that. The Bitfreighter team is also available 24-7 and responds immediately by phone, email, or yes, even text. Legacy providers can't say that either. So if you want to scale your operations to save time and money, come join the EDI revolution with us. Visit bitfreighter.com to get started today. First of all, I've been trying to, you know, get deeper into the Twitter game. I, I was years and years ago, but I was convinced to bring it back a couple months ago just because of everything we're talking about now. And I'm getting to the point in my career where I feel like I have a lot to share to other entrepreneurs who are on the come up and a lot to learn from great people on Twitter as well. There's an awesome community there. So this post I wrote the other night, I sat down for a couple hours and I, I'm going to start writing more stuff like this as well, because I think there is a lot of value and it's been so encouraging people coming to me and saying, little things like this have saved me hours and hours and hours and have showed me other routes while I've been growing my 3PL or growing my e-commerce brands. So I just wanted to give a little bit more context to that. But yes, quality over quantity. So one of the mistakes that I felt like I made in the first probably year, maybe past a year in growing my 3PL was trying to sign anybody and everybody who had an e-commerce brand. And that was a big mistake for me. I just felt like, you know, you'd bring on some of these smaller clients and even first-time fulfillment customers, right? So there's a huge learning curve when you're actually just using a fulfillment center. People don't know the inbound process and how you're supposed to ship stuff into a fulfillment center. People don't have an idea of how to work the portal. People are wondering about billing and don't necessarily know the nuances of billing from fulfillment centers. Just when you start to add up all of those little things with new customers, it ends up becoming hours and hours and hours of training that you have to ultimately give this customer to get a minimal amount of money. When if you could take those hours and hours and potentially put that back into some type of guerrilla marketing, headhunting, cold outreach, you're going to ultimately end up saving yourself lots of time, heartache, and making more money by being able to focus on bigger customers that you can actually get. And then your customer churn goes down, your lifetime value of each customer goes up. And it also sounds like it's just a more pleasant existence. For you and then also for your operations team too, because typically with those smaller customers, there's lots of different one-offs that you have to take on as well. And whenever I say smaller customers, it's not just that. It's customers outside of your ICP or your ideal customer profile. That's something huge whenever you start any business, but a 3PL especially, you really need to define what is our ideal customer profile? Who do we want here? And how far are we willing to go outside of those lines to bring on a customer? The further you can bring on your ICPs, the easier it's going to make your growth and your rise to the top. That's for sure. Another one of the lessons that you put in there, number five, was to connect with other 3PL owners. There's so much opportunity in the logistics space. You've tagged a bunch of founders in here. I'm 
happy to say I've had several of them on the show already, and I, and I know several of them. And then there's a whole bunch of others that I don't know. What is so valuable about connecting with other founders? There's lots of things. And I put in the post that I always get a little chuckle whenever I talk to other 3PL owners or see other 3PL owners kind of running down their competition or really hesitant to reach out because they think, you know, they're their rivals. They've got to beat these guys to the ground. And I'm like, man, we're in an industry where there's plenty to eat for everybody. And there's so much to learn from everybody as well. And if you do something like that, it's not really fun either, like making everybody your rivals. Like I'm more of a peace and love kind of guy. And I want to hear about everybody's experience and see how we can bring each other's up. One, just talking to other people, hearing their experience and getting to learn. Like every 3PL owner that I talk to has a different, unique experience. And I learned, you know, even being in the game for years and years and years now, every time I walk away from a conversation with a new 3PL owner, I'm able to learn something new that I can apply to what I'm doing at my own company or my own companies. So I think just from like a mentorship perspective and a knowledge share perspective, that's a huge advantage of being able to talk to other owners. I also talked about sharing of different partnership opportunities, right? So let's take some commonality that all 3PL owners have. Everyone needs a packaging supplier. Everybody needs to negotiate rates with the big carrier accounts like UPS, USPS, DHL, e-commerce. Everybody probably needs an import-export specialist. Everybody needs to have a freight partnership. You know, If you could talk to 3PL owners like that, you can quickly wade through a lot of the BS in the industry and be able to have them hand over these partnerships or have them give you introductions that you can utilize with your end customers at the warehouse to give them a better experience. So you know, just little things like that as well. Yeah, I don't understand the the folks that really have this, I'm going to go it alone and try to not be a solopreneur, but to just do everything solo. To me, it sounds incredibly lonely, full of risk. And I don't want to go so far as to say hubris. Why wouldn't you seek out answers from people who have been there before? And then also, you know, to your point, you don't have to beat down your competitors. The market is large enough. The players who deliver value consistently will be there in three years and five years and 10 years, regardless of what other competitors are doing, because the market is just so big and there's enough bad actors out there that are causing a new customer potential for the good actors on the daily. There's just not the need to attack or be super aggressive with that. And yet it is still business and you, and it is, there is still a limited pie, even if it is growing. And so you do get kind of both sides of the harsh realities of economics and this new wave that I keep referring to over and over of owners and founders and executives who don't want to have so much animosity and aggression in their sales process or entrepreneurship in general. You're definitely a new school guy. So I'm curious, who do you attribute you know, most of your, your own personal learnings to in the industry? Are, are there a couple of mentors that have steered you towards this path or have you always been that way you know, from birth? I'm definitely of the new school wave, that's for sure. And I actually talk about this in the post about how that was another one of my biggest mistakes, how I wasted so much time, wasted so many hours trying to manually teach myself all of this when instead I should have been going out and looking for a great mentor that has done this before. And thankfully, you know, after I started Ship Daddy years and years after, I have found some great mentors in the industry and in peers as well, where we just knowledge share. 
And that saved me so much time and energy. And it's one of the reasons I talk about that in the post. But yeah, there's several people that I go to for some really high level logistics experience, life experience, entrepreneurial experience in general. One of them that comes to me off the top of my head is a guy named Nicholas Daniel Richards, who was one of the co-founders of Shapiro. And now he's the CMO of a company called Palm. I really was originally attracted to Nicholas because Shapiro was one of the first WMSs that we used at ShipDaddy. And we were one of their first customers. And I got to spend lots of time with Nicholas, you know, giving them product recommendation features. And really, we just ended up creating this great friendship. And he is a whiz in our industry. I always have just been really attracted to his positive attitude, his self-deprecating humor. He always makes people feel comfortable. No question is a stupid question with him, which I'm sure I've asked him lots of stupid questions. But, you know, it was always just so encouraging to me having someone who's done it before and was a couple years older than me that really showed me you're not a crazy 23, 25-year-old trying to go at this alone with no money in the bank and trying to make something of yourself. You can do it. You just have to keep your nose to the grindstone, not be afraid to put yourself out there. Nicholas is definitely one of them. And thank you, Nicholas. If, if you listen to this, you're a rock star, man. I really appreciate it. So who or what right now? We're in a weird place towards the end of 2022. The market has changed, lots of volatility and question marks about the future. And yet there are still tons of opportunities. So what or who really excites you right now? Yeah, good question. I think everybody's kind of waiting to see what happens this peak season. Last year was absolutely bananas in terms of volume through peak season. Then obviously everything through COVID was absolutely bananas. So I think as things are starting to kind of settle here and e-commerce looks like it's taken a bit of a dip this year, we're all kind of sitting on pins and needles here, like waiting to see what's going to happen come Black Friday and beyond. I mean, any new products that you're dreaming up in your mind or any new features that you're looking at adding to your technology? Or maybe it's just being on the podcast. This is it. Like this is that was so high on your list. And now that you've now that you've done that, you're like, man, I, I'm good. That's actually it. Kind of this is my Super Bowl today. I feel like I'm peaking right now. So <laughs> um, you know what? I this is a great question, but all I've really been thinking about is getting through peak season and then kind of resetting on January one of next year and really giving it a hard push there. I've really had my head down grinding. You know, I kind of want to put a pin in this question and maybe I can tweet it at you once I give it some more thought. Joe, again, I'm so impressed with your success already and the way that you just approach life, even you know, beyond entrepreneurship and beyond this fascinating industry that we work in. I'm going to be following you personally for a very, very long time. I want to hopefully help other people find you so that they can learn from you and, and you can maybe build some additional founder relationships and things like that. So What's the best way for other people to find you? Yeah, so feel free to add me on LinkedIn or at Joe Speezy on Twitter. That's where I've been doing my most active business posts. I'm an open book and I love mentoring new founders. Like I have a group of people that I've been actively mentoring that I think they've gotten tons of benefit from. I have tons of connections in the industry over the last, you know, five or so years. And yeah, I just, that's a big part of what I enjoy as an entrepreneur is getting to work with other entrepreneurs, seeing if I can help them out and all of us kind of bringing each other up. So please reach out if anybody has any questions or wants to share something with me. Would love to talk, but Twitter or LinkedIn would be great. Love it. Thank you, everybody, for listening. Uh, this is the highlight of my week every single week. 
please go ahead and subscribe to the show. Of course, you can join the conversation online. I'm at Logistics Twit on Twitter, LinkedIn as well. And you can check out the other podcasts on the FreightWave site in the FreightCasts section. Joe, keep up all the good work. We are all rooting for you. Awesome. Thanks for having me, Nate. I appreciate you and I love your podcast. So I can't wait to listen to this episode. Thanks for listening to another founder share their story on the Bootstrapper's Guide to Logistics. If you'd like to become part of the story yourself, please subscribe to our show and leave a review. Thank you, and we'll see you next week.